A story that my husband likes to tell is that he was flying business class and my tour guide ticket was economy and he charmed the flight attendant into bringing me to the front and letting me fly business class too. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. In one of my previous episodes, in 46 actually, I talked about how I permanently moved to Cyprus in August 1994 and how we drove a green Range Rover from England to Cyprus. I had a job waiting for me. I wasn't really that sure how much I was going to like it. It was being a sales executive at the Sheraton Hotel in Limassol and This sales executive sounds a lot more glamorous than it was. I spent a lot of time driving around Nicosia, getting lost, finding local companies who would eventually bring somebody to our hotel to stay the night. I did get to travel a little bit for this job, though, and I attended a week-long training seminar at the Sheraton European headquarters in Brussels, where I had only been once before in my life. And I very much enjoyed spending time with Sheraton people from all over the world. I also got to go to the ITB in Berlin, which I really knew well because I had been there so many times before and after the wall fell. And another exciting trip that I got to do as a Sheraton sales executive was attending the MIT, the Moscow International Travel Fair. I had only been to Moscow once before when it was the capital of the Soviet Union, but now it was the capital of Russia and it had become much more modern. I remember that we took a metro to the city center one night because we wanted to have a meal outside the hotel we actually ended up going to McDonald's because we couldn't find a restaurant anywhere. I later found out that it's actually the second largest McDonald's in the world. And do you know where the largest is? Just a little bit of trivial information here. Yeah, it's in Orlando, Florida. So much for McDonald's, which I normally don't frequent, but when you're hungry, you're hungry. Then another final trip that I did for the Sheraton Limassol Hotel was the EIBTM in Geneva, which is an exhibition for destination management services, special interest tours, and conference and meeting organizers. I was sent there instead of our general manager, who had just found out that as of soon, the hotel won't be part of the Sheraton chain anymore, and that he would be placed somewhere else. So he wasn't interested in going to that uh, exhibition and I got to go home to my beloved Switzerland in his place. In those days, I was still a little homesick, even though I hadn't lived in Switzerland. But somehow I was scared of staying somewhere permanently. Despite all those trips, and as you know, anything to do with travel excites me, but I didn't really like my job. Being that the hotel was not going to be part of the Sheraton chain anymore, I decided to leave too. I didn't really know for what, but I was 35 years old and I started feeling that I wanted a family, which terrified me at the same time because children are a commitment 
And I had never stayed anywhere longer in my life than maximum two years since I left home at 18. I needed a plan. And before I permanently settled down, I needed to find out if I was still popular in the travel industry. I decided to get in touch with the tour operator that I had worked for for many years and asked to go on a last trip as a tour guide before having children. Obviously, I didn't tell them that, but that was on my mind. They always needed people in the summer and they were happy to assign me to a trip which started in Boston and ended in Toronto. And little did I know that I was already pregnant when I left Cyprus. But when I started feeling a little yucky in Ottawa, I bought the pregnancy test, which confirmed to me at the Deerhurst Resort in the Algonquin Provincial Park that I was not traveling on my own anymore. A couple of days before the end of the tour, my then not yet husband Hector joined me and I broke the news to him and he nearly fainted. But life goes on. And sometimes things take a little while to sink in, especially when it's about something so permanent. Being told on the 34th floor of a Sheraton in downtown Toronto that he was going to be a father was a little heavy on Hector's stomach. But he soldiered on and came with us on the last excursion of the tour. And we had a great day at the Niagara Falls. After the members of my tour group left, we flew to New York, had a great time enjoying the Big Apple, visited Hector's family and friends. And since I had a ticket out of Boston because my round trip had started there, we flew from New York to Boston and enjoyed a couple of days in this beautiful town. Boston is said to be one of the most European cities in the U.S., and you can do so much on foot, which sounds quite European. The famous Freedom Trail, which is a two and a half mile red brick trail through Boston's historic neighborhoods, tells the story of the American Revolution from the old North Church to Faneuil Hall, through burying grounds, temples and landmarks of the revolutionary era. Of course, we also enjoyed some seafood and some clam chowder and did as many Bostonian things as one can do in two days. And then we took a Swiss air flight to Zurich. A story that my husband likes to tell is that he was flying business class and my tour guide ticket was economy. And he charmed the flight attendant into bringing me to the front and letting me fly business class too because he told him that I was pregnant. I still think it was because I was a corny tour guide and they often upgraded us, but maybe it was my husband's charm. Good old times and good old Swiss Air, one of the best airlines ever, that closed down because of greed and mismanagement. But that's material for another podcast. Most memorable journeys is not political. It's a long story and the drama had been slowly unfolding, but nobody really believed that the company would ever suffer a fatal blow. Unfortunately, at the time, the notion of too big to fail didn't exist. For me, Swissair had always been a soul-warming place 
And wherever I was in the world, seeing the cross of the Swiss flag on the wing of an aircraft gave me a sense of security. Going on board of a Swiss airplane after a long and tiring round trip in a far away and strange country always felt like coming home. And yes, I know that Swiss Air was replaced by Swiss Airlines, but it was never the same again. So this summer of 1995, after my last trip as a tour guide, I stayed a little longer in Switzerland, but then end of August, I made my way back to Cyprus, where I was now living permanently. We had to break the news to the world, to our friends, to my in-laws. We had to tell everyone that we were expecting a child and we were also not married. Another item on the to-do list. I was back, routine set in. I had a wonderful time and enjoyed being pregnant. And the funny thing about being pregnant is really that you have no idea what is going to happen. Something is different, but nothing has changed. There's a little human growing inside of you, but you are still just one person on the outside. There were times when I even forgot that I was pregnant, like that evening when Hector came home from work and told me that he was looking for someone to accompany a Swiss lady with a broken ankle from Israel to Switzerland. My husband is in the travel insurance and repatriation business. And he had been contacted by a Swiss insurance company to help him with this repatriation. The lady had broken her ankle in Israel and needed to be accompanied by an English-speaking person to Switzerland. Normally, this would have to be a nurse. But since the lady with the broken ankle was a nurse herself, all she really needed was an interpreter. Now, you may wonder why my husband was contacted here in Cyprus about a case in Israel. Well, especially in October during the autumn holidays, so many Swiss people travel to this area of the world. Israel, Cyprus, and the south of Turkey are warm. They're far down in the eastern Mediterranean. And it is warm here until November. It was impossible to find seats on a flight from Israel to Switzerland. So they decided to repatriate the patient via Larnaca. I immediately volunteered to go along as, a, as an interpreter, even though I was told that this is going to be a very tiring trip and not a good idea for a pregnant woman. But I was feeling so good that I insisted. And off I went. I flew to Tel Aviv on a Cyprus Airways flight, which is less than an hour, and I stayed on board with the crew because the patient was going to be brought to the plane where I would be meeting her. After all the arriving passengers had disembarked, the Israeli security came on board and swept through the plane. They took off nearly every seat cushion to make sure that there was nothing underneath. I was flabbergasted. I had never seen anything like that. But better safe than sorry. A little while later, my travel companion was brought on board and I introduced myself to her. We were going to fly back to Larnaca together and 
It wasn't only impossible to find flights from Tel Aviv to Zurich, but also from Cyprus to Zurich. And so we had to stop over in London and then take another flight to Switzerland. To my great joy, British Airways upgraded us to business class and I was sitting next to our ex-president George Vassiliou, who was a very polite man because my patient needed more space and he kindly moved away from us. Everything went well. We were helped in London to transfer to the Swiss Air flight. And when we arrived in Zurich, an ambulance came to the plane and drove us to the hospital where she was going to have an operation, which was also on the way to my Swiss home. And I had the opportunity to visit my family, do some shopping, and then fly back to Cyprus the next time. As I said before, this patient had a minor injury and was a trained nurse herself, but she didn't speak any English. And that's why it was okay for me to travel with her. Under different circumstances, a flight nurse would be responsible for the safe repatriation of patients who have been taken ill abroad. They also have to prepare the patient for the flight and make sure things like passports and seatings are organized. And if necessary, that oxygen is arranged and they would regularly check pulse and blood pressure on the way. For me, this had been a very interesting experience and I was a little proud of myself when I got back to Cyprus. I may not have been a professional nurse, but I was definitely a compassionate and multilingual travel companion. Back in Cyprus, time passed by very quickly. It was already November and we really needed to get married. We decided to have four different parties and got married on December 15th at the civil marriage office in Nicosia. Then we had a wonderful lunch with our witnesses. The next day we had a party at the Sheraton Hotel with our friends. And since nobody from Switzerland wanted to travel to Cyprus just so shortly before Christmas, we organized a wedding brunch with our Swiss friends there and a lovely lunch with my family. When we came back from this Swiss trip with all our wedding gifts, I picked up the wrong suitcase at the airport and only realized when I couldn't open it at home. Thank God it had a name on it and belonged to a man in Nicosia, a politician I found out later. And of course, we immediately sent his suitcase there by taxi. But I realized that my pregnancy hormones were definitely doing their job. At the beginning of 1996, we started looking to buy an apartment or a house and spent every Saturday morning with some real estate agent who took us to some horrible, as well as some really amazing and intriguing places. Finding a permanent home to live in was a new and very tiring adventure, especially in my hormonal state. I wanted my baby to come home to a beautiful and new place, but we couldn't find anything. After lots of houses and soul searching, we finally settled for a house that wasn't built yet. And my poor baby would have to come home with me to that ugly apartment where we lived. But it was temporary and the end was in sight. 
At least we had found the place that we both liked. And when I look back today, after 25 years, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. It was definitely worth waiting for. I absolutely love our house and I love the area where we live. Sometimes we just have to be a little patient, which is not exactly one of my strengths. Early morning on April 5th, 1996, after a heavy meal the night before at an Italian restaurant, I started feeling unwell. And at first I wasn't sure if it was the food or if I was going to have a baby. I had read a lot and had been to La Masse classes, and I had a vague idea that it wasn't the food this time. We drove to the clinic and my husband was told to go back home and come back later, and I was told to stay. When I was taken to the birthing room, I noticed this little bassinet at the entrance, and that's when it hit me. I realized that there would be a little human in there when this was over. This is what I meant before when I said that as long as you are pregnant, you don't really understand what this is all about because you're still alone. You only realize when it's really happening. And about 10 minutes after 10 on that morning, the most beautiful girl in the world was born. I was over the moon and in seventh heaven. I had never seen anything so beautiful. And I spent a lot of time just looking at her. She was exquisite. And when I took her home to the ugly apartment, I promised her that it won't be for long and that they had started building our house. We used to visit the building site regularly together and things were moving according to schedule. We had a wonderful time and went for long walks on the beach in August when she was five months old. Natalie traveled to Switzerland for the first time, to her other home, and everybody was excited to meet her. Being pregnant with my first child and giving birth had definitely been one of my most memorable journeys for now. But little did I know that before my little girl turned one, I would be pregnant again and start another most memorable journey. But let's keep this for the next episodes because this was definitely a new chapter in my life. Within two years, the glamorous, independent, long-legged, globetrotter and party girl had turned into a mother of two little babies. And that was a lot to digest. But you know what? Bringing up two little humans dwarfs everything else I had done before. They are the light of my eyes. And bringing them up by using my sales and negotiation skills, which I had developed over the years as a tour guide, was definitely one of my most memorable journeys. And I made sure that they love to travel. So wait for new episodes where I will be talking about traveling with small children and how much fun that is. If you like my podcast, subscribe and follow and tell your friends and your family about it. Share with them and let them listen to it as well. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. 
You will find all the information in the show notes. <laughs>